Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is internet marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at the sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact page alternatively you can talk to either scott or sean via the live chat function on the site they'd be happy to help now today i'm joined by ollie gardner unbounce co-founder marketing conversion optimization expert international keynote speaker oh the list just goes on i, I almost couldn't get my pronunciation around some of those things ollie how are you <laughs> i'm great andy thanks for having me on and uh, you're in uh, sunny canada aren't you Yes, uh, Vancouver, BC, on the on the left coast. It's, Fantastic. Uh, it actually is quite sunny right now. Good. Well, I I have my eye on the weather, as my listeners know. You know, I always have my eye on the weather wherever it is in the world. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Unbounce. Sure. Well, I actually grew up in the UK. Moved to Canada in two thousand. Mm. Uh, worked for a couple of startups, and then two thousand nine, me and five other guys started Unbounce. We have six co-founders. And it's been, you know, eight years now. I was the marketing person when we started the company, yeah. ran marketing for a few years, then creative director. Now I spend about half my time traveling the world as a public speaker, which really sucks. That's really hard. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I feel really sorry for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> the rest of the time, you know, I, I work with the marketing team and trying to basically come up with, you know, new, new ideas for marketing. Fantastic. So whereabouts were you in the UK? It's funny. I on, I grew up in Scotland, but uh, I was born in Newcastle, so I'm a Geordie. Oh, right. And my best friend, there was some conversation going on on Facebook, and I said something, and, and someone else chimed in and went, oh, no, but Ollie's Scottish. And then my buddy Liam <laughs> jumps in and goes, emphasis on ish. <laughs> which i thought was brilliant but uh yeah so technically a geordie but i grew up in scotland yeah there's not there's not a hint of a geordie accent did you ever have one uh, i did actually did you and until i but 
I actually had quite a posh accent when I was when I was posh a kid. Geordie accent? Can that possibly exist? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the posh from uh, from my my dad's from Oxford, my mum's from the East End of London, so I got it. I think I picked it up from my dad. Oh wow! And but then I came home from school one day. I was eight, and I said, "I'm not talking like you anymore. I keep getting punched." <laughs> so then I developed my Geordie accent, <laughs> and then that turned into a Scottish accent when I moved, and now I have some really wrangled Canadian something accent. Anyway, as much as I'd love to talk about accents, I do want to specifically <laughs> talk because I know that you're uh, you, you were going to change your middle name to Landing Page, weren't you? No, I was going to change my entire name to Landing Page, Mister Landing Page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know that you've got some very strong opinions on on uh, digital campaigns not linking, uh, linking, not linking to a dedicated landing page, haven't you? Why is this? So important, silly question, really, but I have to ask it. Why is it so important? And why do you think so many online organizations or sort of online marketing departments make the mistake of not doing this? Well, it, it's it's not a silly question because it is so important because so many still do it wrong. Mm. Uh, you think of it like here's a simple way. Say you are a service provider. You do plumbing, roofing, tiling or something. You have a bunch of things. If you're doing paid ads and for those specific services, because they're all unique, and you send it to your homepage, people then have to look around your website to try and confirm or find that you have that service. Whereas if you, or if you have multiple products, like lots of products, it, it just gets overly complex. Or if you're yeah. bidding on, like we integrate Unbounce with uh, Salesforce and HubSpot. So if we're bidding on those terms, we you need to go to an experience that talks specifically about that. If it came to our homepage, they're do, they have to do all this work to find that thing you're talking about, and most people won't do that. Mm. So it's really important you create that dedicated experience that, that delivers on the promise you made in your ad, your marketing, your email, or whatever. It's one of those interesting things, isn't it? Because it's so fundamental. I mean, it's, when you sort of go to um, sort of SEO school, it's probably a bit of a generic, generic term, SEO, these days, but sort of like a sort of online marketing school. It's probably one of the first things you learn, isn't it? That uh, sort of if, you, if you've got a specific campaign, have a specific landing page for it but do you think it's i don't know it, it, it maybe it's a bit of a lost art these days isn't it it blows my mind i mean really the simplest way of thinking about it i think this is where people maybe forget is that you as a marketer you have two options when you're driving traffic basically your organic traffic goes to your website leave that alone anything else you do any campaign you're running needs to go to a, a landing page that's separate from that it's this so that split yeah. people need to wrap their head around more Right, I want to talk about Chrome and specifically um, their ad blocker, which apparently, and I say apparently because it's it's not that apparent to me. I don't know if it's apparent to other users, but apparently it clicked in earlier this year. Um, and it's supposed to, I know it's supposed to follow the Coalition for Better Ads sort of campaign, isn't it? How much of a of an impact do you think this is having? And, and what do online marketers need to do about it, if anything? Not as much as, I mean, this could be like a lot of things that get rolled out, like when they said they were going to penalize people for certain things on mobile, and then it didn't really happen. You know, mm. it's like all this scare tactics for a reason, but and hopefully that makes people behave better by default. But I haven't seen much impact. And so we have, you know, pop-ups is one of our products. Uh, so we were concerned that it was going to have an impact because it's their language. They talk about pop-ups and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's not really like that. It seems, and we reached out to the Coalition for Better Ads to get clarification because the way they define an ad 
they sometimes say pop up, but sometimes they add. It's like a third party thing. So it's like something you've paid for to be on someone else's site, like Google yeah. AdSense or something. Right. So if if you own a pop up yourself on your own site, delivering your own marketing to visitors, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it's it's some weird mixed up third party thing. It's not very clear. I asked for clarification. They were clear as mud when they responded. They basically pushed it on Google and they won't answer either. So like it's. It's it's really vague, but I haven't seen any negative impact. We tested all of our stuff to see if it would have an impact. It didn't. I think yeah. uh, it's really about there are some scummy sites out there. They all get penalized, but if you're a decent person, it's not going to impact you. You mentioned pop-ups there, and I know that is one of your big – I mean, you've got, a, you've got a, at least one pop-up product, haven't you? I was just wondering, because um, I know that you've got some good ideas about what makes good and bad – pop-ups um mm-hmm. let's, let's start with bad pop-ups i mean to me all pop-ups <laughs> are bad. i mean i must admit this is this is difficult for me to talk about because i i hate pop-ups with a passion and the idea of mm-hmm. a good pop-up seems like an oxymoron to me <laughs> but <laughs> obviously they work otherwise marketers wouldn't do it but i mean what makes let's start with the bad what what makes a horrible pop-up well, it's interesting. I mean, for a, for a second, consider what it's like to have to market pop-ups. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one worst nightmare. Is universally despised. Um, <laughs> There's the dark. pop-up man. Get him. <laughs> there are many ways to make them good, but yeah. So so bad ones. Usually, it's these things flip over. Um, it's when you're being disrespectful in some way. So it, it's poorly targeted. Yeah. So it's not really relevant. Uh, there's a lack of control where, you know, you can't close it or something. There's there's a lack of respect. So there's the, the manipulation that a lot of sleazy marketers try and do is the good cop, bad cop, the confirm shaming approach where, you know, it's like, get my e- ebook on how to get rich. Yeah. Yes, get the ebook. No, I like to murder kittens and oh, children that, oh, at I night. Oh, I hate that. No, I'm not hey, interested that's... in having a happy life and making lots of money and helping yeah. people. I mean, come on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're beyond that. I mean, please continue doing that if you want to be seen as a douchebag and have no real customers. Just continue doing that. But the problem there is actually that it's a bad precedent and it makes the rest of us look bad because you don't have to do it like that. Yeah. And, you know, we've proven, lots of people have proven you can do it in a really helpful, delightful manner if you pull the reins back a little bit and be a bit more considerate and, you know, of what you're actually trying to achieve and why someone else would want to benefit from that. Yeah. Now, back in, I think it was January this year, you did a 20 blog post in 30 days challenge. And Mm. I'm very, very interested to know, uh, well, what your findings were and were there any surprises? The surprise, yeah, trying to do, I tried to do 30 and 30, but I had to stop doing weekends because I was going to get, my wife would divorce me. Yeah. Um, The first realization is that that's really hard work because uh, these weren't like, you know, little 300 word meaningless thought pieces. These were like I wrote 37,000 words in total wow. and they're really deep conversational things. They're, they're very interactive. So I, my goal was to increase product awareness for our new products. Yeah. So I was putting like lots of inline live demos uh, and, and, and bending these features as much as I could to create really cool new Use cases. So yeah. it was a lot of hardcore work, but amazingly rewarding. Some surprises. Well, 
One of the biggest ones was how poorly blog content converts. Really? Because uh, my goal was to infuse it with useful product mentions and everything to increase awareness and increase you know, signups and adoption of those products. But when I measured it afterwards, the conversion rate all the way through to an actual signup for a trial was 0.3%. That's really low, isn't it? It feels low, yeah. But then I look back historically, and that's always been kind of the performance of our blog. And I reached out to other people, and they had the same experience. Andy Crestedina, I think, says it best from Orbit Media, that because uh, he shared all his data with me, and he was 0.03%. Um, but that that's okay. He has a web design and development company in agency in Chicago. And basically, all of the content they create boosts the domain authority of the site so when people search for what they actually do they get found so you shouldn't expect your content to convert in the same kind of manner because it has a different job however because i did all of this analysis right at the end of the month that wasn't enough time for uh, other effects to come in and to see what the actual impact was and i realized a month ago a few weeks ago, that I was looking at the data wrong. Ah. I was being too clean, and I was saying, what is the conversion rate of people who see this new content, this Product Awareness Month content, but nothing else, no other blog content? What that does, it means it's only first-time visitors because it means they don't come back and look at the rest of the blog. They haven't seen the blog previously to that. So it was a very small segment, and I wasn't treating them, I wasn't looking at them beyond that month, like Ah. if they came back. So I did the query properly, and it actually converted 0.6%, which is double. It's a 100% increase over the regular blog content. Right. So that's, that's a nice surprise. Because I, it's because I went back, and because I was going to put some of this in my latest talk, so I went back and I ran the data, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I was wrong. It was good. <laughs> so let me get it right. So, th- those figures again, was it, was, did he say it was initially 3% and then went to 6%? When 0.3. 0.3, 0.3 then, to 0.6. 0.6. Yeah. 0.6. That's still really low, though, isn't it? Um, well, when you think about it, I mean, this is content. People don't come to read blog content for the purpose of signing up for no, buying no, software. You're right, of course. Yeah. Trying to solve a problem. Yeah. But I did a couple of things. A, I was infusing it with all of this product mentions, but I also changed the design of the blog and I, to to focus to take away the, the regular navigation you have on a blog, like which is usually your product stuff, like oh, features and pricing and da 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 da. Too much. Yeah. So I just made the header value prop, and we have these three products. Just very clear. Uh, took away the sidebar because nobody clicked on the sidebar. I looked at the analysis after three days. I'm like, screw that. Take it off. Yes. It's a total waste of time. Um, so, yeah, I think the the redesign had some impact, obviously. Uh, hard to – the attribution is, is difficult because I just figured this out. I haven't dug deeper. But, sure. Um, I mean, do you have any idea? Because you, you, you did uh, 20 blog posts in 30 days. Do you think there might be a, an optimum? Might, might it be less than – could you have done significantly less and got a similar effect, do you think? Don't know. Um, Interesting, isn't it? I think, well, there are two benefits to doing that much. A, the momentum. So I, I hadn't written on the blog for two years, so I, I built a lot of momentum, got a lot of attention again, got a lot more traffic coming in. And the exploration, I learned so much just by going through the process. But also, if I'd said at the start, I'm going to write three blog posts in January, I would have written none. Sure. Because I challenged myself to write 30, and I publicly stated this and told the company Then I was, you know, I had to commit to this. So, that you know, some of those things, the absurdity of it kind of helps it be successful. So of all the things we've uh, spoken about today, we've covered quite a few different areas. Does one stick out as a sort of key takeaway for our audience today, do you think? 
if you're not you know, doing that, that initial thing correctly, like sending any of your campaign traffic to a land, dedicated landing page, then you should do that. But if you're already doing that, uh, so yeah, two things. If you're not doing that, you should do it. But if you're already doing that, and maybe you want a bit of help, like optimizing the existing page, we released recently a landing page analyzer. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. It's really cool though, because it's better than most of the, that type of thing, because it's very actionable. It'll analyze it based on, like, it depends how much information you put in. You can put in your traffic sources, like whether you're doing AdWords, email, blah, 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 organic, uh, some of the keywords you might be using, the conversion rate, if you know it, whether it has a form. And it will do all this analysis based on some conversion center design principles, a bit of uh, SEO, some social graph stuff. It'll look at uh, trust factors and, and SSL and a whole bunch of stuff. And it'll look at page speed. And instead of just saying, your page is slow, yeah. it, will, it looks at the images and sees how big they are. And it will actually just, anything that needs compressed to be compressed, it will do it for you and then let you download a compressed version. So very actionable. Oh. If you don't have open graph tags like for social, it will tell you that and it will give you the code to put on. So it's really aimed at like, it's a great QA tool. You know, if you have a page or if you're about to launch a page, just run it through and go, oh, I didn't think of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a... De- just search for, I mean, if you have show notes, but Unbounced Landing Page Analyzer. Yeah, if you could send us a link, Ollie, and we'll, I'll make sure. sure it goes in the show notes. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for that. Well, th- and thank you for coming on the show today. It's been absolutely fab to have you on. And um, how can our listeners find out more about you and more about Unbounce? Uh, Unbounce.com, obviously, for for uh, the company, for the products. Um, for me, Twitter is always the best place. Ollie Gardner on Twitter. I don't really hang out on LinkedIn uh, very much. Uh, so yeah, Twitter, Twitter's the best place. And Brilliant. if you have an event and you need an amazing speaker, I'm blowing my own horn here, uh, ollie.unbounce.com is my speaker page. Little Fantastic. plug. And Gardner is spelt G-A-R-D-N-E-R, isn't it? Correct. It's, occasionally you see an I after the D, but there's no I in your Gardner. No. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a review. Um, questions and suggestions to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. That's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Ollie. Thank you, Andy. That was a, that was a lot of fun. It was, wasn't it? And thanks for coming on. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.